Hola, cariño. Hola, amor. Y bienvenidos a Uy, qué horror, a Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. And I'm Eileen. Hello. Hey there, gang. <laughs> Welcome oh, to hey there. Texas. Listen, <laughs> today we're going to Texas and you uh, better get used to it because we're going to be doing this accent. Pony. Wow. Is anybody still um, there? Have you left Texans? <laughs> any Texans listening to this Click. are like, not what we sound like, fuckers. Not at all. Delete. <laughs> hey, how's it going over there? Good. How are you? I'm good. We already chatted pre- <laughs> pre-recordings, yeah, so I'm like... We've discussed, I have and we're ready. absolutely nothing to say to you right now. <laughs> well, I have something to say to you and oh, to everybody. Congratulations to our historically made nominations of over seven Latinx people in the Oscars. Incredible. I mean, it's a bummer that it's still a small number Ooh, but she's tiny. it is and uh most of those categories like when i saw all that like best actor best actress you know all that stuff i was like wow that is white up there yeah white 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 my sunglasses uh, on my face thank goodness for ariana debose from yes. uh, west side story being not only latina pero black latina so you know and uh, queer i believe which and queer amazing. Love, yeah, girl, love. go for it. Have you seen West Side Story? I have not seen West Side Story Either yet. have I. Either have I. We'll get to it. Well, one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we have some fun news about this episode, right? Yes, we do. How do we intro this? So, Well, we... So, okay. So, <laughs> uh, one day, I was having a bad day, and yes. Johnny sent me a text of... Uh, a screenshot from our Instagram. Turns out, guys, Netflix wanted us to watch a movie for them. And uh, Listen, <laughs> here we are. For, so, okay. Maybe to some podcasts, that's like big fucking deal. This happens all the time. But we are still new babies. We're, we've got yeah. a lot of episodes. I'm very proud of us. We've been working hard. Pero we're still just over a year old. Yeah. And Little nuggets. to get a, an Insta message being like, hey, I work for Netflix and we want you to watch a movie and review it. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. I literally... This is incredible. <laughs> I started reading it on the phone with Johnny and was like... Hello, my name is Cassandra, and I work for Netflix, and I do it! Yes, yes. <laughs> I immediately screaming. called. I immediately called you and was like, "Did you just get the picture I sent you? You need to check your phone right now. Check your phone." So this is a big. This is a big deal for us. And yeah, we're pumped. We're really, really excited. And like, aside from the fact that it's Netflix. Yeah. Okay, let's just say what movie this is. Today we are covering. Yes. 2022's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Whoa! Hey. Now you may be wondering, how is this Latinx at all? But well, there's a few people behind the scenes that are... Quite a few. Latino. It was directed by David Blue Garcia. Yes. And or the story is by Fede Alvarez and Rodo Sayagüez. I believe that's how you would mm -hmm. pronounce his last name, mm -hmm. who are both from Uruguay. Mm -hmm. Fede Alvarez and Rodo Sayagüez are, uh, I'm sure many of our listeners will know, they were behind the Evil Dead reboot, which we watched that together. Um, I enjoyed it. We did, and I loved it. I, I yeah. know it's a little, uh, you know... It might be a kind of a fiery topic for some people. People but... get sassy because it's like, 
there's no Ash character and blah, blah, blah. If they had given us an Ash, you would have been pissed also about it because it's Bruce motherfucking Campbell. Like, who's going to replace that guy? You know there's what I mean? There's no, and I know they give you like the teeny little post credits thing where you're like, oh, there he is. Right. But it's very, very difficult to please, please. <laughs> you know, horror fan, any movie yeah. fan, because especially these movies, with reboots. Oh my gosh. Because these movies mean so much to us, you know, it's, it's very, yeah, very, exactly. it's, it's a tough job. Yeah. And you know, with this one, I have a strong connection to this movie and uh, to, to the original, the 1974 right. original. And I think it's worth mentioning too, that over the pandemic, you and I and uh, my boyfriend, now fiance, Matthew, mm-hmm. watched all, all. of the all. Texas Chainsaw movies. Not even knowing that, you know, at some point, Netflix would be like, ring, ring, calling, Hello. paging, uy, que horror. <laughs> We'd like to make a deal with you. Uh, no, there wasn't really a deal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's no deal. We're, it's just, yeah. we're just like, yes, absolutely, 100%. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. we did watch- All of them. Top to bottom. T to B. All the fucking movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a lot of different reactions and feelings. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> I, you know, but you give me a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, I will absolutely watch it. Happily. We would have watched watched this whether Netflix had asked us or not. Oh, I ha- I was planning on it anyway. I was like, yeah. Texas Chainsaw coming out direct with these fucking Uruguayos happening on Uikyoro yeah. for sure. Yeah. And Hello. I just, this is like a light connection, but the first time that I saw the Texas Chainsaw Massacre original was when I lived in Bolivia as a kid. And so I have such a vivid memory of renting the fucking VHS, mm-hmm. inviting all my friends over and watching this movie in our in my living room in the dark and everybody was like this is stupid, this isn't scary and I was terrified. I mean I specifically remember feeling like this feels so real mm-hmm. and so like snuff filmy to me, yeah. which is why now it is one of my favorite, it, it's one of my favorite horror movies. And I'm pretty it's sure when we reconnected in Nicaragua, I made you watch this. Well, I was going to say the first time I ever watched this movie was with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In when Nicaragua, we were in high school. During the time when I was like, I hate this. And you and were I was like, like, too you, fucking bad. You are watching this right now. Sit your ass down. Yeah. And I <laughs> yeah. was like, this is a nightmare. And yet here we are uh, many years It's one later. of my favorites. Um, great. So let's... Uh, Let's start talking this movie. Before we do, so thank you so much to Alexia Garland and Cassandra for reaching out to us and having and giving us an early viewing of this film. It felt very fancy to see Ooh. my email at the top saying, please do not replicate or whatever oh it said my God. at the top. The fanciest. Very fancy. So thanks so much, Netflix, for letting us get. And some early eyeballs on this so that we can talk about it immediately after it comes out on Netflix. Yes, so, yes. spoilers, 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 guys. Make sure if you're here, go to Netflix, watch the movie, and then come back. Because you don't want to get it from us. You want to no. see Leatherface in action. So, make sure to go to Netflix, watch this movie. And then come back to us and we'll gab. Because we're going to tell you everything that happens. Yes. 
let's head on down to Harlow, Texas. Let's go. And uh, see what's going on. Do you have a synopsis for us? <laughs> I do. I have a synopsis provided by Netflix, the Netflix official first look <laughs> debut synopsis. Here we go. <laughs> We're so fancy. So this was written by Chris Thomas Devlin, story by Fede Alvarez and Rodo Sayagüez, based on characters by fucking legend Toby Hooper and Kim Henkel. Toby Hoops! <laughs> Toby Hoops. And directed by David Blue Garcia. After nearly 50 years of hiding, Leatherface returns to terrorize a group of idealistic young friends who accidentally disrupt his carefully shielded world in a remote Texas town. Mm. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, Texas Chainsaw (laughs) Massacre. We hear a tape rewind and then a play button get pressed. We see footage of a familiar house and its run-down grounds. And on the screen, we see written August 18th, 1973. Hmm. A familiar narrator. <gasps> ladies and gentlemen, welcome back John Larroquette to hey. tell us what is going down. And I he mean, begins to speak. <laughs> I mean... I love the throwback. Thank you. Bring me back. I mean, it's what we know. I, it's who we heard, and yeah. it's what we I'm want. Like, I'm back at my dingy, gross, blood-soaked Texas home, <laughs> sweating my balls off, and I couldn't be happier, you know? Truly, truly. <laughs> we hear him say, in the summer of 1973, a few miles outside of Austin, Texas, five youths were attacked in a grisly and gruesome fashion by an unidentified madman. We see the Polaroid that was taken on that very first van ride many, many, many years ago. And we also see footage of like police investigations and bodies in body bags and the infamous chainsaw. The narrator continues explaining that there was only one survivor, Sally Hardesty, who after telling her story to the police, never again spoke of the horrors of that day. And then the camera starts to pan out and we see that this video is being played on a television in a gas station store. The narrator keeps going saying the police, after hearing Sally's account, made a composite picture. And on the screen of the television, we see good old, our our favorite guy, Leatherface. (laughs) He is said to have worn a mask of human skin. However, his true identity remains a mystery. And we see in the video that this is kind of like a 60-minute style program that we're about to watch. I love this because Mm -hmm. it's, you know, 60 minutes like a true crime doc, which are so popular right now. Literally, somebody stamps unsolved on it in the thing. (laughs) Which, it's a lovely way to just kind of drop us into the now. Yeah. Because, you know, we're, everybody's, we have been and we're very much into like this true crime thing. But also, if anything like this did happen... This kind of shit would happen where they would actually make a documentary about this stuff. Yes. This was the first time, I think, I, if I'm wrong, terrible horror movie fan here, whatever, fuck it. But oh, this was the first time that I saw all of the original victims' names, which mm. were Pam Willard, Sally Hardesty, which I knew, Franklin Hardesty, Curtis Weissenen, and Jeremiah 
Huberman, which I was like, oh, I do, I did not know that. So yeah, I loved just that little like. I'm just gonna throw this at you. I like that. Here's some extra info. Yeah. In this gas station store, we see Lila, and this is Elsie Fisher. If you've ever seen Eighth Grade, which is a movie that annihilated me, <laughs> this is Elsie Fisher, the star of the Bo Burnham movie Eighth Grade. Yeah, she's watching this news story on the television while she's shopping around this gas station store. She there's a T-shirt that says I. Chainsaw Texas instead which of I Heart Texas, which I is great. I said want to myself, that shirt. I need this shirt right now. Need but also, shirt. very interesting, gentle way to be like, look at this gas station basically profiting off of someone else's trauma. Yeah, totally. And then as she's walking around, we see other types of like this kind of memorabilia, including a little corkscrew that whose handle is a tiny chainsaw. And you're like, okay, <laughs> that's kind of dark. I want um, that corkscrew too, please. Lila thank goes you. up to the <laughs> counter. She pays for her things, including the little chainsaw corkscrew. And she notices a newspaper clipping behind the counter with Sally's photo on it. Mm-hmm. And she asks the gas station attendant, what happened to her? And he tells her that she became a ranger and that she's been looking for this masked motherfucker for 40 years. But, you know, tough to do it because my dude had a mask on his face of somebody else's face. So how are you going to tell who that guy is? How would and you also, ever track you were him down? Screaming, covered in blood and guts and like just. You were in. How can you know? Full shock mode. Yeah, exactly. So laughing holding on to the back of a pickup truck like girl yep you lost it i'm impressed that you had the wherewithal to become a ranger bro seriously (laughs) so into the gas station store enters melody who is lila's older sister and lila gifts melody the little chainsaw corkscrew that she got and they head on out but not before the attendant asks them where they're headed Mm. and melody says we're going to harlow Oh, yes. Everybody has heard of you, says the man. And he says, have a nice day. (laughs) And then as they leave, and I think this next word Mm. is the thesis statement of our film. Sure. Yeah. He says, gentrifuckers. Gentrifuckers. Yeah. (laughs) You gentrifuckers. Just under his So you're like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Now, because I've experienced the full trauma of all the other Texas Chainsaw Massacre films, immediately I didn't trust this man. I was like, something's wrong. Of course, because every other time when we run into a gas station, somebody's eating a skull or something. You're the killer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yes. So Lila and Melody get back to their very fancy, almost Tesla-esque car, the dashboard and how it's like computery and futury and autopilot yeah. and like all kinds of shit like that. In this car, we see that their other friends are waiting. We see Dante and Ruth, who are a couple. And Dante was on a phone call and he's comes back explaining that the bus took a wrong turn, but it's on the way back and it's on track now. And uh, this is like a little uh, clue as to what the hell is going on in the future. Yeah. De repente entra a huge red truck straight up Tokyo drifting into this fucking gas station. (laughs) 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 And he's Uh. bumping some fucking vom rock, some disrespect. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And out pops the most attractive fucking man in the world. (laughs) 
Oh my goodness. I know that he's presented as like, you know, just your regular country Heck, boy. Blue collar, but whatever. I thought, mm-hmm. can, do you, can I get a ride? Please, yeah, sir. Put it in me. Like, whoa. <laughs> you are attractive. Woo! Good Lord. And um, <laughs> he's barely out of his car, and we see that he's got a gun on his hip, and Melody kind of on her high horse, and not quietly not at all. Shut it. She says, look at this fucking guy who has such a small dick that they need to walk around in public with a gun. Why are you speaking like this to a man with a gun? With a gun? You're in the middle of nowhere. Hello. But uh, this was a way to show just like, I am a gentrifucker and nothing can touch me. Nothing yeah. can hurt me. Very high, uh, high privileged. horse. Very privileged. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And he is, he's minding his business, filling his tank, but he turns around and you he's fill like- Fill my tank. Yeah, fill my <laughs> tank, bro. <laughs> Uh, oh no. He turns around and he's like, "Ma'am, there are feral hogs around these parts and the only way to deal with an invasive species <laughs> is to eradicate them." Okay. I think this is part 2 of our thesis statement. Yep. Um <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but, you know, even though we get this first taste that Melody is kind of like immediately incredibly judgmental of this man, mm-hmm. which I think we're meant to also be judgmental of him. And so and they're also getting into some current political stuff here that I yes. think they're, they are introducing. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that I would be on the complete opposite spectrum of this man's political beliefs. But oh, yeah. I will admit here that I was more annoyed with Melody. Absolutely. Shut, Me too. Shut your mouth, girl. Immediately you don't live I here. was on his side yeah. and not hers. Shut yeah. it. So the gang gets in their fancy car and they drive away and we have some lovely open shots of like Texas farmland, mm. just like beautiful, sunny, gorgeous. And uh, Melody in the backseat is excited because Dante and her post on Instagram is doing really well. And we get this glimpse that Dante and Melody own a food truck mm. and that they're going to Harlow and they're having starting a new venture in Harlow. And you're just like, okay, what is this? I, we, we're pi- getting the puzzle pieces. Yeah. Also in the backseat, we see Lila scrolling through her own Instagram. And it's a bunch of photos of like, don't shoot or we will never forget you. And then uh, a couple of guns with the Ghostbusters sign. Yeah, <laughs> over yeah the, like no guns. No guns. Yeah. yeah. And then we see that Lila covers up a little scar, mm. basically a bullet hole with her shirt collar. What did you think? I immediately I was like school shooting. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. As they're driving, we run into the law. Oh boy. And it's the sheriff and his deputy and they stop them and they're like howdy. Now, this is where we point out Dante is a black man and he's driving and this is meant to give you a pause of uh, what is about to happen well, here. Well, he literally says when they get stopped, he says Put your hands where they, where they can see them. To himself and also to everyone. And his girlfriend, I think, says, that's not funny. And I thought, um... Ma'am? Dante knows yes. that's not funny. Ma'am. He means this, honey. Yeah. Agreed. Oh, my God. Hello. 
So the sheriff comes over. He's like, howdy. And Dante introduces himself. And the sheriff is like, oh, you're the cook. And Dante's like, the chef. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. Yes. Yes, chef. You got it. (laughs) Him and Melody. And so the sheriff is like, cool. We know that a lot of people are coming through to Harlow today. So we're just going to stay here and make sure that everything's all right. Here's my card. Call me if there's any issues. And he says, a lot of us are born here. Hmm. We saw it in its prime. Please respect the town. Okay. I mean, another thesis statement right here. Yes. I mean, we are getting several thesis statements. (laughs) And Melody from the back is like, oh, you know, our grandma is from Harlow. So, you know, we know the old saying, when Harlow sunflower blooms, winter is doomed. And Hmm. this kind of like eases the sheriff's tension. He's like, oh, seems as though they kind of know what's up. And so they drive off. They drive into Harlow, which is basically a one-street ghost town. Mm-hmm. And it's super abandoned, which Lila points out, oh, <laughs> this there's this is a ghost town. <laughs> and Dante is like, we just need new blood, young people that are tired of the big city, that are looking for a fresh start. Our restaurant will be first, and then the people will follow. Okay. At this point, I was like, did these kids, because they are Kids, they are very youthful people. Freshly into their 20s. Yeah. I was like, did they buy this town? Well, this was, I also had the same question where I thought, do people actually do this? Like, basically, they're coming into this town to revitalize it, I guess. And I thought, does this happen? Also, I just need to quickly say two things here. Uh-huh. When they drive into Harlow, they see a sign that says population 1974. And I was like, thank you. That's when the original movie came out, 1974. Very nice. And when Dante gets out of his car. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he's like, he's so happy. And he goes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, that's it's, me. And, that's me and Eileen. It's Johnny and Eileen. Like, literally, we would get out of the car and be like. Because we are fools. Fools. Oh, guys. This I mean, if you haven't figured that that out by now, come on. No, Johnny, our listeners don't know. They this we only show them a sliver of what you and I do that is absolutely insane. We edit all that other shit out. Yeah, we cut it all out. Us singing into fucking (laughs) microphones. Anyways. So they're walking around being like, oh, let's put a comic book store here and my art Ugh, thing can be there. And, my all. and, art and immediately gallery. you're just like, get out. Get the fuck out. So we see a garage door from like the tire shop of this town burst open. And lo and behold, out of this tire shop, who is it? <laughs> it's our friend from the gas station, the very attractive man that Johnny and I both want him to fill our tanks. And this <laughs> is Richter. So I'd be happy to live in Richter's town. I the moment oh I saw God. him come out of the, that garage, I'd, I'd be like, oh, every day hey. I'd be like, a cup of sugar. Do you need it from me? Do you do? Can I borrow it from you? What do you What do you need from what me, Richter? What do you need? <laughs> Work on my carburetor. All right. <laughs> so uh. everybody is immediately horribly embarrassed and like awkward, and Dante is like, ha ha ha. We talked on the phone. They shake hands, and he's like. Mel, this is our contractor. And Mel is just like, ill gross. And he 
basically has zhuzhed up the buildings for the auction, hmm. which is what this bus is coming into this town for. So this bus full of people, gentrifuckers, mm-hmm. are coming into Harlow to auction so they can buy these spaces to build or rebuild this town, yes. quote unquote. Lila calls over the gang and she's like, hey, this is something that's bad. And we see that in one of the buildings, there's a Confederate flag flying. And it's old and battered and bad. And Dante is like, what the fuck is this? We can't have this on our building. Especially like, A, this is offensive to me, a black man. Hello. B, a bus full of fucking people is coming here. They're going to see this and they're not going to want to buy our this racist building. So let's not do that. So Dante and Mel both go into the building and it's an orphanage. Hmm. Inside, it's old and dark and it's full of stuff still. And Dante runs upstairs to try and pull the flag down. And Mel is giving it a look around. And she finds a picture of a bunch of children, almost like a class photo, if you will. Yeah. And they're all sitting and standing in front of the orphanage. And on the last row, on the top row of kids, we see one very large (gasps) kid standing in the doorway and his face is scratched out. Oh, who could it be? I wonder who that could be. Now, I, when Dante went upstairs to grab this flag, I thought, excuse me, nobody thought to say, Dante, I'll do it. How about you don't? I'll take care of it. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And also... The moment that Dante walks into that room to grab the flag, did you see that man sitting there? No, there was a man sitting there? There is a man. It's very quick. Oh, I just got chilled. Very quickly. So much so that I was like, perate, perate, perate. I had to rewind and you see, I mean, spoiler alert, it's Leatherface without his, you know, mask. Just I call him in wait, the without dark. his without his face. <laughs> uh-huh. I call him the big guy. So that's I mean, it's, it's the big guy. It's the big just guy. Just sitting, staring off into the distance no. in the dark. But no. then it like cuts away. You look back, and he's not there anymore. No. Woo-woo. Okay. Well, I when we're done with this, I'm gonna go back and see yeah, that because yeah. that's horrible. <laughs> also, on the bottom of this class picture, it says. Harlow Orphanage, 1975. Mm. Okay. Mm. Dante comes back downstairs saying that he can't reach the flag, so they better get Richter to pull it down. And from a tiny pocket of terror in the back, in the shadows, una señora, de repente, she appears, and she's like, what are you doing in my house? And she walks closer to Dante and Mel, rolling her oxygen tank and having a a lot of problems breathing. She's like, (laughs) horrible. (laughs) And she shows her old lady face, and she's like just a, una bruja, la pobre. woman's face. Esta señora. What a face. A, a, amazing face. This there, woman yeah, cast just, uh, perfectly. A, yes, perfectly. A moving, but also kind of like spooky face that you I, you just can't place it. It's very... Yeah. She looks great, but it's creepy. Eerie. Yeah, yeah, eerie, exactly. And she's like, oh, y- y'all must be the new neighbors. Wish I'd known y'all were coming. I'd have put my face on. Oh! Ma'am! <laughs> Ma'am! <laughs> 
Oh my god. Oh, dude. Give her the Oscar. Give her and the now, Oscar. Immediately. I was like, okay. I love that. Thank you very much. I mean, come on. That was yes. that was great. Perfect. Perfect line. Perfect. 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 I was like, this is a fucking Texas chainsaw movie. Come on now. Uh, come on. <laughs> oh my god. So she invites them in to have some sweet tea, and she explains to them that she's been running the orphanage for 50 years, housing kids that need homes, but also troubled teens that need to be shown mercy. Wink, 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 wink. And Mel says, sorry to interrupt, but uh, the bank reclaimed all of these properties months ago. And I don't think you are supposed to be here, ma'am. And the senora is like, that mix up with the bank? No, no. All my bills are paid. My bills are paid. Mm. This is my house. I own this house. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, no. Especially Dante is like, no. And she's like, I have a title. And Mel's like, can you show us? And she's like, I don't have to show you a dang thing. Oh, God, this is uncomfortable. And Dante gets sassy with her and she's like oh is this because of my flag and she's gentle about it but mm-hmm. like you're still like ma'am you're still flying a confederate yeah, flag on take your, your flag down yeah it is it is a scene where you're just like on the on the one hand i don't like that dante and mel are here being like you don't live here to this yeah. woman in her house but mm-hmm. también it's like but lady you're fucking You're black. racist. So you're just <laughs> yeah. like, these two things, To it's very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. And she's like, you got me all wrong. I don't have a problem with Negroes. And you're like, oh, oh ma'am, ma'am. Oh. oh, no. Which immediately Dante's like, fuck, fuck. this shit. No. I'm out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm calling the cops and this hoe is getting out of this house because we own it. Mm-hmm. And Mel stays behind, and she's like, ma'am, you got to go. You're older. There are shelters for older people that you can go to, whatever. And this is exciting, la senora. And she goes over to her tank, and she, like, pumps up her oxygen and is trying to breathe hard. And she's like, oh, my God. And then we hear some heavy footing coming from upstairs. Oh, boy. And this shot is wonderful because... It's that classic entrance in a house where you come in, it's the foyer, and like there's a, la- a stair that goes up, but then there's also like a landing that keeps going straight on the first floor that goes into the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And the staircase at the top, there is um, a stained glass, like circular small window, almost like the kind that you have in boats. Mm-hmm. We see it's very beautiful and pumping light through, colorful light. So when we hear this heavy footing... We look up at this section of the staircase, and there's a big guy standing there. Mm-hmm. And he is backlit by this colorful light. And this old lady, la senora, is like, baby, it's fine. I'm fine. You can go back to your room. And he creepily like turns his big old body and walks away. So interesting here that this is a huge, ass, threatening man Mm-hmm. And he listens to mm-hmm. this old gentle woman, which, you know, kind of goes back. I mean, spoiler alert. Who do you think this is? It's fucking Leatherface. Yeah. But, you know, it, it goes back to the original where, you know, he is he does brutally, viciously murder people. But near the end, you see that he's under the control or, or at least heavily influenced by his other family members. I think they're. 
I don't think it's that he's under the control. I think that's the people he trusts. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, in every single one, there is this obvious, like, brutal violence, but there is this tie of family. The saw is family. The family is your thing. Mm -hmm. And you stay and you stick together and no matter what, you're my people and that's it. Yeah. And I'll protect you at all costs. Listen, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise is a family friendly <laughs> fun film. It's about bonding with your people. It's <laughs> but your people. I totally Blood agree with you. Blood is thicker than water, We're, quite literally. <laughs> the blood spurting all over your face. But it <laughs> it really is about like you know, this she is not his actual family, but enough so that he's lived with her for so long that this is his chosen family, his found yeah. family, and don't fuck with don't my fuck family. Don't fuck with my family, yeah. Basically. Very much so. You know? Yeah. As he turns around and goes away, the front doors open, and the sheriff from earlier and his deputy are here. And they're like, Virginia, what are you doing here? You're meant to be what, whatever. And she's like, dude, I own this house. It's my house. But as this is all happening, she is getting more flustered and more a lot of stuff coming up. Mm. And so they go to grab her to literally take her away and it gets crazier and she vomits like she fucking barfs and they're like oh my god we gotta go and melody starts freaking out and she's like call an ambulance and the cops are like we are the ambulance there's nothing around here and from upstairs we see the big guy coming in hot and he scoops up the senora que un toothpick and nada compared to him yeah yeah, he scoops her up and they get in the van of the sheriff and Melody is you can tell that this is all a lot for her. Yes. And she's like, I'll go in the car and I'll take them with I'll take I'll go with the senora. And Ruth, Dante's partner, is like, No, 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 you need to be here. You're the face. You and Dante are the people that are selling this town, basically. So I'll go with the sheriff and the deputy, big dude and la senora, and you guys stay here. A, porque tiene que ir, nadie tiene que ir con esta gente. No. Que se vayan ellos solitos en su ambulancia and let them go to que the hospital vayan. on their own. That's what you wanted nobody, in the first place. Nobody needs to go with them. Yeah. Pero bueno, pues. I mean, we're setting up some murders here, people. That's what we're doing. <laughs> we're setting yes. up some people to get murdered. Yes. <laughs> Just as all of this is going down, enter this giant bus of investors into Harlow. Gentrifuckers. This bus is, uh, the gentrifuckers are here. This bus is straight out of 1976 to me. Oh, I was full. like, yeah. this old timey bus? Yeah. So Ruth hops in the front and she goes with the sheriff, the deputy, and the gang in the back. In the van, la señora no se encuentra bien. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. No. She is doing poorly. She's breathing hard. She looks rough. Yeah, she's stroking big guy, and she's like, baby, who's the good boy I taught you to be? And you stay out of my room. And I'm like, ooh, girl. And then she fucking death rattles a breath and fucking kicks that bucket, dude. (sighs) So immediately after she dies, she's on the lap of our big guy, right? And he is 
immediately like doesn't know what to do and starts getting very rattled. He grabs the oxygen tank and is trying to like smash the fucking oxygen mask into her face and help and like pumping it and trying mm. to get that oxygen to come out and nothing happened and he's getting very frustrated and shaking the tank and everything. Deputy is like, "Hey sheriff, this old lady croaked back here. We're out. it's not good." Ruth hears this in the front seat and she texts Mel, "This lady died." And my dude pumping the oxygen, oxygen is still trying to do it, still still like shaking it whatever. And the deputy reaches over and tries to stop his hand from shaking the tank so much. And we get a close up of our big guy's eyes and away we go. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> Our big guy grabs the deputy's arm and snaps it back. Ooh. Bones, I'm talking pointy bones, Ooh. splinter out of that guy's skin. <laughs> My guy goes for his gun. The deputy goes for his gun, but big dude grabs that too and starts pointing it elsewhere. And then he uses the pointy bones from the broken arm to stab the shit out of the deputy, <gasps> who then shoots his gun out of, you know, madness. And the gun shot goes right into the sheriff's neck, which makes him drive through this sea of dead sunflowers, crashing into a humongous farming truck. Okay. Great first awesome. murder sequence. Yes. Ho, I literally was just like, I shouted. I was like, oh, fuck. Me too. Uh, and I just need to give the deputy props here as he's getting, like his face uh-huh. as he's getting stabbed, stabbed with his, by his own, own bone in the throat. I was like, oh, this is, this, this looks like real death right now. Yeah. So. Fucked. I mean, okay, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, nailed your first series of murders here. Yes. Wow. Good good murders here. Woo! Back at the town, the auction is on its way, which Mel is leading, and she's like, oh my God, a place for brunch. I love brunch. And I was like, shut oh, up. Shut I was the... so Oh my God, mad. I had enough with the art gallery. Now you're like, oh my God, I love brunch. <laughs> oh my God, fucking brunch? Yes, let's <laughs> do bubbles at brunch. After brunch. Oh my God. God, Don't forget the, mimosa. the bottomless mimosas. <laughs> I mean, I fucking love brunch. What am I talking about? I mean, come on. Who are we kidding? I'll fuck up a brunch. But we yeah. know how shitty and problematic it sounds. Yes, yes. So she sees as she's like auctioning these things out from afar that Lila is heading into Richter's shop. In the shop, Lila and Richter start chatting it up, and she sees, like, a fucking AK-47 or some intense rifle sitting on his work table, and she asks if it's loaded, and he grabs it and, like, pulls the knobs and do- does some shit, I think, like, takes out the cartridge with the bullets, you know what I'm saying? Sure. He hands it to her and asks if she's ever shot anyone, and as she's holding it, and, also, like, you can see in her face, like, this is weird, she's like, no, but I've been shot at. And Richter kind of sees a peak of her bullet wound scar that she has. <laughs> and like a like a good old Texas boy, he says, was it a drunk dad? <laughs> I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> oh, wow. And she's like, no, no, Stonebrook High mm. is where I got shot. And we get a quick glimpse of her lying down on her school floor, bleeding from her wound. Oof, and this is rough. She, yeah, this is tough. And Oof. she 
clicks the gun and it snaps her out of this memory of her school shooting and she puts down the gun and she's like, I can't fuck with this right now. I mean, no, girl, don't touch that gun. Don't touch that gun. Come on. Back outside, the auction's over, and Mel goes to the bus to check her phone where she sees the text from Ruth that the old ladies died. And Mel shows the phone to Dante, and she starts freaking the fuck out. She's like, we killed her. We killed her. And he's like, dude, heart disease killed her. She's like, no, I'm grabbing my sister, and I'm getting the fuck out of here. This doesn't feel right anymore. In the dead sunflower field, Ruth in the van comes back too. She looks over. She sees the sheriff is dead in the driver's seat next to her. She looks in the back. The deputy is dead in the back. But the door to the van is swinging a little bit. And Big Dude and La Senora are no longer there. Oh, boy. She looks to into the rearview mirror. There he is, hunched over the senora's dead body. And we hear a of the van CB radio breaker breaker one nine and she she grabs the the mouthpiece and as she's watching in the rear view so the shot is very cool because we yeah. see her but we also see outside behind the van him sawing off la senora's face the sound design Ooh. here of him <laughs> sawing off her face with a shard of glass, glass. a la visceral <laughs> was i mean i will compare it to the sounds of tony collette sawing her head off in her in yes hereditary. holy <laughs> shit it was horrible horrible god yeah into the mouthpiece she's like hello hello i've been in an accident please and as she's explaining what's going on we see the other cb radio that's being reached out to and it's in the gas station with the gas station attendant from the beginning mm-hmm. but no one's around to hear it so she's still watching him through the rear view to and as he pulls off the face <sighs> off of la senora's body he lifts it up to the sky Ugh. and then he places it over his own face <gasps> ladies and gentlemen Welcome to the main stage, Leatherface. Uh, I've missed you so. (laughs) (laughs) Ruth in the CB says he's wearing her face. He's wearing her face. And just at that moment, the gas station attendant is walking by trying to get rid of some garbage. And he's like, "Uh uh-oh, I know who the fuck that is. Hello. De repente, the sheriff wakes up. He's not dead after Scared all. He's the fuck coughing out of up. Me. me too, dude. Oh. Me too. He's coughing up blood. And all this time, we see him and then we see her. And every time we see a shot of her, we see that window behind her. And I was like, this is the elusive lit pocket of terror. 100%. I was going to say, this yeah. is a pocket of terror, but in full daylight, where you're still it, like- which is. I'm just as scared. I'm waiting. That some awful fucking thing is going to pop out. Yes. Maybe even worse because you're in a sunny field. You know what I mean? Yes, Full exactly. of some dead sunflowers, but still. You're just sitting there anticipating. Yeah. Yep. Just uh, shoulders to the ears, breathing quickly. <laughs> 
So Sheriff wakes up, he's coughing up blood, barely alive, and bam, there's Leatherface on his window. And but Ruth is quick and immediately pretends to be dead. Smart. And Leather, very smart. Leatherface goes. He grabs the oxygen tank and he bashes that sheriff's head in uh, hard, finishing the job. And he then he goes back behind the van. From the rearview mirror, we see him drag the senora's body out of view. And Ruth is like, okay, this is my chance. Again, every time a window is there, you're just like, where is he? Her door is locked. She unbuckles herself. Mm. She climbs over the sheriff's dead body. Scream two. This is scream two. She can't get out of her fucking passenger side door. Scream two. Hello? Scream two. (laughs) So she climbs over the body. She puts her hand on the sill of the window and pops her head out. And I was like, girl, you're about to get your head chopped off. What are you doing? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And she looks over behind the van, and all we see are the dead sunflowers. But then she scoots her body, and right behind her, bam, Leatherface. He smashes that window. He pulls her towards him. He chokes her out. He's, like, holding her down with one arm and then with another with the same piece of glass that he ripped his mom's face off. He stabs her in the stomach and just slices across, killing her. Slowly. Oh, my God. Okay. And also, the sound in that was also very good. Oh, my God. It was so good because aside from, like, the slicing sound, it's you just hear, like, gushing blood um i just need to i didn't write down the actress's name but whoever this woman who played ruth yeah she nailed she did a great job she did a great job i she sold that fear i bought it and at this moment as she's getting brutally murdered and staring her murderer in the face face because he's wearing a face in um, her double face (laughs) double face she just like one little tear as she dies. And I was like Demi Moore. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> but damn, dude, it gave me chills. I was just like, oh, this is fucked. It was And fucked. the creepiest is as she like she dies, eyes open, single tear, Demi mm-hmm. Moore. He caresses her face <sighs> and her blonde hair, which yeah. gives you very much Sally from back in the day. Like mm. almost like in my mind, I was like, oh. Pretty girl, I remember a blonde girl from a long time ago. That's oh what God. gave that's the vibe it gave me. Sure. Then we see a shot of this humongous miles and miles of dead sunflowers. Just like folded over, all you see is the big rounds in the middle, just brown, but it's just miles of it. Mm. It's a beautiful shot. And you sit there for a brief moment just looking at this. And from the middle of that fucking field of flowers, he emerges. And you're just like, Uh. my only beef with this scene Mm -hmm. is that they cut him so fast. I wanted to sit there with him just standing in this field of dead sunflowers for a little bit longer because I was like, this is a fucking dope shot, dude. I mean, let's just say it now. Some of the shots in this movie are are fantastic. So well yeah. done. They're yeah. so well done. And also just to talk about the face, like the 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 mask that he's wearing. Yeah. You know, I, I know we've seen him wear like a fresh face before. I believe he does it in the the Jessica Biel one, whatever. But oh, this is the I I think this is the only one I could be wrong, where he wears a fresh face yeah. throughout the this whole is... movie. Mm-hmm. And it's 
fucking gross. Like, it still it's has gr- eyelashes on. Mm. And it's... Ugh. Because it's not fashioned to be a mask yet, because yeah. the other ones, he, like, sews them and makes them exactly. into actual masks. Mm-hmm. This is just, I have thrown a piece of skin on my face, and I'm going for it's it. It's, like, saggy in some yeah. places, but stretched yeah. in others where Ugh. it doesn't fit. It's it's really awful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was feeling it. I was it feeling was this great. mask. It yeah. was great, but awful. Yes. Back in Harlow, Mel convinces Lila to leave, and Dante is about to throw the keys of the car to her, but they're intercepted by Richter, who had overheard them saying that La Senora fucking died. And he's like, oh, you killed that old lady? And Dante was like, we didn't kill anybody. She was trespassing in our property. And Richter's like, all right, well, fucking prove to me that you actually have the deed to the orphanage, and when you do... You'll get your keys back. And so Dante goes into the bus with Mel and he's looking through his like files and there's nothing. And Mel is like, please tell me we didn't kick her out of her house, dude. And Lila suggests, well, maybe she has paperwork in her house. So Mel and Dante go and leave Lila in the bus. Meanwhile, at the gas station... Breaker, breaker, one, nine, I need to get to Hardesty. (gasps) Yes. Cut to an open pig hanging, getting butchered. (laughs) I wrote, of course Sally is gutting a pig. We gotta see Sally gutting a pig. A cell phone buzzes, and we see this butcher woman come over. She's an older lady, long white hair. She washes her hands in a tin, and uh, she grabs her phone. This is Hardesty. And here we are. It's our final girl. Our OG gal. And she badasses her way over to her car with a shotgun and a cowboy hat. And she (laughs) looks at the Polaroid of her friends in 1974. And she's on her way, motherfucker. Yes. I love an old badass bitch being a badass bitch. A badass old bitch. Yeah. Make her old. And I'm like, yes, badass old bitch. I love it. This woman, Sally, is so striking and gorgeous and like sun kissed and this Mm -hmm. white hair. And just like they give her a fucking white tank top and bell bottom jeans. And she looks fucking fabulous dude obsessed obsessed (laughs) at the orphanage mel and dante are on the search for the deed dante stays downstairs mel goes upstairs and dante goes into the kitchen and mel goes into la senora's room Mm. in the room she's going through her drawers she finds a key which she opens a tiny treasure chest with and inside she finds the deed to the place it was La Señora's. Mm-hmm. You done fucked up, y'all. You done fucked up. Suddenly, a bump in the night, <gasps> which downstairs Dante also hears, and he sees that there's like one of those hanging pot holder things mm-hmm. is started to swing. So Dante goes over it to like hold it still, and on the bottom of one of the pots, he sees the reflection. Here's our guy, Leatherface. <laughs> Dante tries to run through the swinging door of the kitchen, and sorry, baby, this isn't your day. And no, my guy, not today. Leatherface grabs that motherfucker, and we see, and it's classic first one with that swinging door, and he gets cleaved. Fucking Dante gets fucking a 
slash to the face. This was such a great shot. Yeah. From outside the kitchen with that swinging door because you see the struggle. You see a fucking meat cleaver to something. You're just like, oh, damn. Yeah. It just Oh, such a well set up shot right here. Totally. Nailed. Dante stumbles out of the kitchen and falls at the at the foot of the stairs and just fucking gushing blood out of his body. Oh, horrible. And we see Mel come down the stairs halfway and she sees Dante dying on the on the floor. Leatherface looks up, but she's gone. Mel runs into the closet in the room of La Señora. And we hear Leatherface come up the stairs and he goes into the room and he goes into the closet. And he doesn't see her. He grabs a dress and he walks over to La Señora's vanity and he sits there. And he's tenderly holding the dress, but yeah. he's also smelling it. Mm. Now, I know this is meant to creep you out in like a oh maybe he's interested in wearing a dress because right after he does that he sees the makeup on the counter Mm -hmm. and he fingers it and puts it on the eyelid of la senora's face that's on his face yeah in the past we've had some of this in the texas chainsaw massacre movies where they want to make it like perverted sexually they want to be like oh he wants to wear a dress and he wants to be a woman so he must be even more of a freak yeah it's a little transphobic if if we're being real a little not even very much so everybody watch the film disclosure which discusses the transphobia in film trans people in film and it it's very much talked about Mm. that murderers are often somehow trans anyways Mm. i'm grateful that they didn't linger on this vibe for very long and if anything that moment of him holding the dress didn't feel creepy in in the way that that would possibly be read to me it felt sad and i was same empathetic to him i was like that's your mom dude i agree and, you know, I know he's brutally murdering people and it's about to get a bunch, a lot worse. Yeah. But I also was like, you all fucking, you all fucked up here. Yeah, y'all fucked and up. And this is his person. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know he shouldn't be brutally murdering people, but I also was not creeped. I felt bad for Leatherface. There are several poor times baby. in this movie where you feel bad for him. Yeah. Yeah. He stops putting the makeup on when he hears a loudspeaker outside being like, we did it, gang. We're buying this town. We're doing it. Which, again, we're getting gentrifuckers from outside. You've killed my mom. I'm going to... He goes over to the window. He grabs a chair. He throws it at the mirror. Leatherface is... This is just like, all right, you're going to fuck with me. I'm going to fuck with you, bitch. Can't wait. Outside, it starts to rain really hard. And everybody's like, let's pile into the bus for party time in the orphanage mel has left the closet and as she hears leatherface coming back upstairs because he left to grab something Mm -hmm. she hides under the bed and then he comes back into the room with a mallet and he starts to smash the wall behind the senora's bed now this is why for me she was like 
don't go into my room, sugar. Kind absolutely. of thing. Absolutely. Because she knew the chainsaw, the chainsaw was cemented there. behind her bed. And I also loved the shot of him smashing through the wall because they gave us that the shining kind of shot where they follow him. Yeah smashing the mallet into the wall. And I I assume it is an homage, and I thought it was great. Very cool. Downstairs, Dante comes to, and he gets up, and he walks out into the storm, and people in the bus are partying, and they're like, bank liaison is what I'm going to call her. I called her. Okay. I just have to say this. What is that drag queen's name in that one song? Is it Karen from Finance? Yes. Okay, because there's when when this character is introduced, this bank lady, she's like, Dante introduces, she's like, it's Catherine from the bank. So I was like, great drag queen name. This is Catherine from the bank. (laughs) Catherine from the bank. Okay, I mean that's what I'm gonna call her. Karen from finance. Okay, drag queens of the world. If you're still looking for a name, it's Catherine from the bank. Catherine from the bank. She uh, she's in the bus partying, and she's like, "Where's Dante? I'm gonna go find him." And she heads out in the street in the rain in an umbrella. We see Richter is in his uh, tire shop working on his truck with the doors open, and he sees Dante go by on the street in the rain, and he goes after him, and he's like, "Hey, dude, what the fuck? Are you, uh, hello? I'm talking to you," and he grabs Dante, turns him around, and we officially see the wound that he got from uh-huh. fucking Leatherface. And it's like ear to tip of mouth, ripped open, like a floppy jaw, just an open, like, let's look at it all from just, the side. Let me see into your mouth. And gums. want to see inside your teeth as well. Yes. I, wow. This this Ooh. practical effect here, disgusting, tough to look at. Great. Love. Fantastic. Yes. So he's like, holy shit. Richter's like, what the fuck? And he's holding on to him. He's like, who did this to you? Who did this to you? While Catherine from the bank is like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> and he, and Richter goes, call the cops. Go call the cops. And also stay in that bus, dude. Mm. Dante, unfortunately, also dies. Wow. And Richter pulls out his gun and he heads into the orphanage. <sighs> Inside, he sees a pool of Dante's blood on the floor. He goes upstairs, and Leatherface has made a huge hole in the wall. But from Mel's point of view, we're under the bed, and then we see his feet go across the room. Blam! It lands. Our number one gal, the chainsaw. There she is. Welcome to the main stage, as you said Welcome before. to the main stage, the chainsaw. Oh, I wrote... Richter fun out, but I meant gun out. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he is fun. Oh, my God. (laughs) Fun in all places. Richter, gun out, comes upstairs, and he hears this chainsaw starting to be pulled, but Leatherface also hears him coming up the stairs. So he hides behind the door of the room, and Mel, using her foot from under the bed, adjusts a nearby standing mirror so that Richter is able to see behind the door, which he does, but bam, out comes Leatherface with his fucking mallet. He is swinging, and then fucking my dude Richter is punching, swing, Punch, swing, punch, swing, 
but then crack, and my dude's leg bends like a bird's leg, dude. That knee went backwards. That leg was busted. Oh, poor hot country cowboy. I, again, screamed out loud, because you just (laughs) see the full thing. I have become a bird. It is a flamingo leg, dude. Backwards. Horrible. But he still is fighting, and he throws his full weight into Leatherface. They land into a window and it breaks open and Leatherface grabs Richter's body and slams it into a piece of just glass popping out into his neck. Richter falls over onto the ground. He looks over and sees Mel under the bed. He's bleeding out. He reaches. Oh, he's dying. He reaches over to his belt buckle and he pulls out the keys that he took from Mel and Dante before. He's reaching out to give them to her, which I was like, Richter, can you wait a second? Because my dude is going to see that she's in there and as he's reaching out blam mallet to the head blam 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 10 fucking times i counted it. oh wow 10 slams of that mallet i'm telling you literal mush is what he becomes jelly and absolutely you get a shot of his hand as he's you know handing her the truck keys and the hand just like flopping and letting go of the keys. Ew, chills. Jacked. (laughs) Leatherface simply walks away, leaving Mel to look at this decimated (laughs) head. And uh, Johnny, how about you take her from here now? (laughs) We're doing something new in in Wiki Horror Lore because this is a fun Netflix event. Kinda, and we're neither gonna... of us picked this film, so exactly. we gotta share so, it. Exactly. So, so we're gonna share this movie. So here we go, everybody. Beautifully done, Eileen. Thank you. Loved every second of it. Let's go. We cut to Sally driving at night. She's in her Ranger truck, and she arrives at the wreckage of the sheriff's truck out in the dead sunflower field. Yeah. And she must know to go here because the dude from the gas station was like, Paging Hardesty, breaker, 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 one one nine, nine. get out there. Yeah. So she stops the car. With her flashlight, she walks into the dead sunflower field. We see a storm, a brewing in the distance. She checks the truck, and she finds all these horrible dead bodies everywhere. Horrible. And then she hears on the Breaker Breaker 1-9 that someone has reported a dead body in Harlow. So that must have been Catherine from the bank being like, hello, hello, because Richter told her to call, right? Yeah. Dante's yeah. dead. Please come and help us in come Harlow. Help. We're in a bus. Yeah. So now Sally knows. She's like, okay, yeah. Harlow. So she follows a trail of blood deeper into the sunflower field and finds that Leatherface has posed his mama's body sitting up like faceless and it's eerily similar to the desecrated corpse at the top of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Remember? Because they were like, people are grave robbing and whatever and you see that horrible body among the like clang, bong, bing. Uh And it looks very much like that. Like it's posed. Yeah. Jesus. So Sally's like, oh shit, I fear no evil. I I fear no evil. She gets back into her truck. She checks in with that Polaroid of her dead pals to steady her nerves. And the rain begins to pour. Cut back to Harlow. It's now raining heavily. It's pouring. And so a freaked out Catherine from the bank tries to stop Lila. (laughs) Catherine from the fucking bank. She tries to stop Lila from leaving the bus. But Lila's like, no. She goes anyway. Girl, 
say that somebody is dead. Somebody's dead. Say that. Please tell her. Because otherwise, tell well, the I mean, people please. in the fucking party. Turn the music off. Lock Be like, the doors. Bitch, someone's dead. Yeah, somebody died. Dude. But she doesn't. Catherine from the banks just chilling. <laughs> she, but Lila goes out into the rain anyway, and she finds Dante's dead body. Oof. We're back in the house with Mel. She's still under the bed, and she hears Leatherface working on something in a nearby room. We hear like clinks and whirs and screws. So she grabs the keys from hot from the hot cowboy's dead hand and. She walks out into the hallways, but the the floorboards are creaky. The creakiest as creak. Fuck. Yes. Oh my god. And this Bro. is very tense. Really well set up here. So yeah, like you described, like the stairway goes up, and it's it, like you turn the corner. It's just like a long landing. So she's like, she would have to walk all the way around, creaking and pass all the way towards the door of where fucking he's clinking in a clonk. On on what? What could it be? So she. Ooh. She crawls over the the railing, the staircase railing, but then she jumps. Girl. She jumps onto the steps, and she looks up and scared the shit out of me. This shot was great. Great shot. Literally, like, jump. Camera pans up. She looks up. He's there. Hi, it's me, Leatherface, right there. And he throws his mallet at her, and this bitch goes Flying. I was like, is this a Marvel movie and Leatherface <laughs> is now Thor? Oh my god, totally. She Thor here. flies Thor. through the air. Oh my <laughs> the, god. The next Thor movie is called <laughs> Thor Leatherface. <laughs> oh, I would pay top dollar oh, to see are that. Are you kidding top me? Oh my god. So poor Mel goes flying and she crashes through the floor at the base of the stairs into the crawl space uh, uh, under the house. Yeah. Leatherface grabs what he was working on. Surprise, it was his chainsaw. He revs it up and he slowly descends the stairs toward her. Very creepy. Very creepy. Because it's like, it's the point of view of us in the hole that she just landed in and we're looking up at him coming down the stairs with this fucking chainsaw. Bro. as fuck just like yep I'm coming Do-do. to get you so she's terrified she crawls into the crawl space and she sees that the windows down here there are windows and crawl spaces I guess and uh, they're, but they're all fenced up so she can't get out mm-hmm. and then boom the chainsaw bursts through the floor right in front of her face barely missing her so she crawls away and she hides in a corner while Leatherface creaks around the floorboards above her I love the sound design of Leatherface walking around this house like before when he was upstairs everything is tinkling and like moving like because he's ginormous bo- he's huge <laughs> so it's like could you keep it down, son, please? But no, like, I Can can't, Can you imagine mom. living with him in your house? You're Any just like, movement Bro. he makes, it's like, God damn. Conk, like, bonk, bonk. You need to put, put down some fucking carpet. <laughs> so Mel is hiding, and just then she hears Lila calling out, Mel, Mel, outside. And then again, bam, the chainsaw busts through the floorboards again, and this time it actually slashes her leg. Well, I was like, girl, can you flatten your body a little bit more? She was fully knees up, head up. I need you to be like face in the mud, bro. You need to be dig into Vietnam the Vietnam style, yes. like going like that. What the hell? A army crawl. Come on now. Yes. So she does get slashed, uh, but still, again, she's able to crawl away. But this time, leather face straight up like drags the chainsaw through the floor so it's 
chasing upside her. down shark. I literally was about to say upside down shark's fin. It's an upside down <laughs> chainsaw shark's fin cutting through these floorboards, uh. literally right behind her as she's crawling away. She comes up to a chain window, but Leatherface slices through a pipe right above her. And I think this is shit. Like, it's poop. Shitty sewage just spills it is out poop. all over Mel. Texas barbecue poop. Ew. Echo. <laughs> so, okay, so uh, who? So Lila outside makes it to the window, and she's able to open it for Mel so she can crawl out. Thank goodness it's raining so she can get the shit off of her. Oh, disgusting, and but still. Disgusting. They run into the rain, but still we hear the chainsaw like revving behind them. Catherine from the bank sees them running toward the bus, so she lets them in. She shuts the door, and they're all like, drive, motherfucker, to the driver. So he starts the bus. He's driving away, but then we hear a chainsaw slash. The bus comes to a stop. The driver gets out to check, and again, we just hear a chainsaw. I screamed. I go, it's going to be a head. It's going to be a head. (laughs) It's going to be a head. Lo and behold, bam. (laughs) Leatherface just tosses this driver head into the bus at Catherine from the bank. Great, um, great, I, great head is literally what I was, what I was about to say. <laughs> it's How's a great your head? head. Great head. <laughs> no complaints. Um, but he was a great. What would you call this? Prosthetic head? A fucking practical yeah, a effects pros- head. Yeah, this a great, great prosthetic head. And at this point, I said, Catherine from the bank, close the door. Girl, not that it would make any difference, but oh, whatever. But still, it'll it'll buy you some time. Anyway, so Leatherface climbs aboard. And Catherine from the bank slowly backs up in, f- in fear into what I called like the blue party section of the bus. Because all these gentrifuckers yes. are back here, you know, drinking and partying. And this bus is now like it's blue neon lights and pink neon lights. And they're all like bus. drinking. They're having a good old time. So Leatherface also enters this blue party section of this bus. He is nonchalant as fuck just like hey everybody how's it going where's my bed so all the gentrifuckers pull out their phones to live stream or tiktok or whatever i don't know grandpa over here (laughs) and one of them like the one right at the front like closest to leatherface says i said oh god no but he says try anything and you're canceled bro Uh uh-huh and i was like okay kill this guy (laughs) so leatherface turns on his chainsaw he begins to saw through this guy and you see like you do get close-ups of the cell phone footage of, you know, people being like, what's going on? Is this a joke? Whatever, whatever, whatever. Who'd you see? Because I have some, too. You, I only have one. Okay. Um, I saw one that said, it was from David Blue Garcia. Hello, the director of the film, who said, who hired this clown? What were the other ones? <laughs> the other one was Bad Hombre 666. Hey. Yes. And the icon picture is Fele Alvarez. Amazing. And it said, that looks so fake. <laughs> uh, which Very it doesn't. Cool. It doesn't. It I doesn't. Mean, there's a little bit of CGI here and there, but for the most part, I was like, I buy this. Yeah. Okay, so clearly everybody freaks out and is trying to get out of this bus. They're pressing up against the windows. So Great shot of the hands Great the shot from outside, yeah. Okay, so basically... Leatherface just goes to town. He starts Arms to saw flying, through this entire party flying, bus. Hands it's flying. Awesome. Heads flying. You're yeah. looking for, you 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 came for Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Here it this is. This is a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
This is what chainsaw we asked for. through the bodies, dick oh, chainsaws, f- flying dick chainsaws, impaling people. <laughs> I mean, okay, so one guy gets lifted up so high he slams against the roof with the chainsaw, literally just like sawing through his guts. And then Mel and Lila get separated, and Lila is suddenly like right in Leatherface's face. <laughs> But another guy gets in the way and she gets knocked to the floor. So Leatherface just saws through this guy's shoulder all the way down to his ombligo. This guy <laughs> falls to the floor. Lila's just Lila and this dying man are just like staring at each other. And then Lila looks up and Leatherface is just casually like throwing a leg over his shoulder. <laughs> and again, Lila looks back at this guy and she has a flashback to the school For shooting. shooting. And again, we see her on the floor in this flashback, surrounded by the bodies of her dead classmates, which, again, really horrible here. Yeah, it's sad. And in the school shooting scene, you know, we see her on the floor and she says, get up. And then back in reality, in this party bus of death, she hears Mel screaming, (laughs) Lila, get up. Get up. She looks up and Mel is right there helping her up. So they, they go into the bus bathroom. Outside, Leatherface saws into some guy's guts. Blood goes flying. We get another shot of people freaking out, trying to push out the window. But now it's like a bath of blood. Blood bath. (laughs) Did you see the flash of his mom? I didn't. So there's a part where he's sawing people, going for it. And he lifts up his the chainsaw. And he's right by one of the windows of the bus. And there is a very quick, like super quick flash because it's the lights are going and there's thunder and lightning and everything. So in one of the lightning strikes or whatever, and it's not even fully solidified. I had I paused it a bunch of times and I found her and it's just her face alive still. Yeah. But you know how she's very like she's got a very peculiar face. Yeah. It's a flash, and I was like, ooh, okay, that's wow. creepy. Yeah. Didn't catch that. I There was a moment that I didn't mention where Lila first sees Leatherface fucking wearing a, wearing a face, and she gets a flash from the gas station of a drawing that uh, the gas station attendant has in his, in the, in the store, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that's her like being like, oh, this is this is that the composite guy. thing. Yeah, this is that guy. OK, so we're back in the bathroom with Mel and Lila and a pool of blood is just seeping in under the door. But Mel looks up and she sees that the bathroom has like a roof window hatch. Yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. Back in the bloody party bus, Leatherface is sawing through a man's back with the man with the with a saw coming out. And this is like saw penis. It's, Dick, looks like a dick like a dick. And so yeah. Leatherface is like, well, might as well just ram this dick chainsaw into this woman in front of this guy. So he saws them to death. I mean, oh my God. Okay. And then, and then Catherine from the bank makes a run for it. She manages to open a bus window, which I was like, why did nobody try this already? Whatever. Yeah, I, I was like, guys, somebody needs to get out of their insane Don't you know stupor. how to do this? Yeah. Come on. Handle- I mean, I know you're all in shock. Yeah. Pero por favor. But still. So Catherine from the bank, she opens the bus window. She crawls halfway out, but Leatherface just saws into her back. 
<laughs> so her upper half falls out of the butts. Uh, the butts? The butts. Of the butts. <laughs> of the bus. Guts included just streaming out. A single intestine. <laughs> it was kind of like when you suck up a spaghetti. Yeah. It was like <laughs> slip yes. out yes. the window. I was like, oh my god, disgusting. So gross. And then we're and then we're back in the bathroom. Lila has opened the hat. She's able to crawl out, and then Leatherface starts to saw through the bathroom door, and he basically he traps Melon there. Here's Johnny. I mean, again. Homage. So he's he's slashed enough that he's able to reach through the door, and he's about to unlock it, a la Jack Torrance. Hello, The Shining. Yep. He is about to unlock it when Mel remembers the chainsaw bottle opener that Lila gave her. So she pulls it out of her pocket, and she stabs Leatherface in the arm with it. So he pulls his arm out. And then Lila is able to pull Mel out of the bathroom hatch, and they run off into the rainy night. And just then, Sally's truck pulls up. Hey, Sally. Come through, Sally. Come through. She says, come on, get into the back. (laughs) So the girls get in. They are freaking out. And Sally says, it's him, isn't it? Leatherface. (laughs) 50 years I've been waiting for this night just to see him again. Sorry I can't let you out, girls. It's you that he wants. You need to stay till I kill him. So Sally locks the doors. The girls can't get out. Plus, this is a ranger truck, so it's all, you know, fenced and, you know, you can't get, you yeah, can't get out. It's a cop car. Yeah, it's all secure. You're, you're not going anywhere. She grabs her gun from the back and heads off into the town. The girls are screaming behind her. I mean, not cool, Sally. I'm going to go ahead and say not cool, bro. I mean, I understand what why she would do it. Pero por lo menos decime las muchachas mirando, te preocupes. This car is cool. We're gonna don't worry. I'm I'm I got you. I'll I'ma kill this motherfucker. Yeah. She doesn't like give any like you'll be all right. You'll be fine. No, she's yeah. li- she's basically like um She's literally like your bait. Your bait. Exactly. Your bait. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, I understand why these girls are like screaming bloody dick, murder behind yeah. her. Yeah. So with her shotgun, Sally heads off into the night and she sees a light in the house or the orphanage. Yes. So she goes into the house, she goes upstairs, and she follows bloody footprints into this room with the light on. And she finds the bloody chainsaw on the floor. And Leatherface is just sitting there on a couch, exhausted. This was another moment that made me sad for him. Well, I also thought, oh, right, he's old. He's been sawing through people. He's fucking tired. He's literally just like, uh, uh, oh, I need a glass uh, of water. Oh my god, that was Dude. hard work. Yeah, I did. You know, he's just chilling there. It is. It is rather sad. You know, he's okay. I mean, let's just admit he's heartbroken over the death of his mother. Yeah. So Sally says, "Turn around," and he does, and she says to him, "Kirk." Pamela, Jerry, and Franklin, original victims. Mm -hmm. But then they hear screaming outside. Leatherface hears this too, so he stands up and Sally says, say my name, say you know me, say you know what you did to my friends. And he just grabs his chainsaw and just stares at her. And so she says to him, you don't remember me. And he just walks away. And I was moved i was like honestly me too this is tough i genuinely was like why isn't he attacking her yes besides the fact that he's like probably exhausted and whatever but like why not her 
And also, what a fucking gut punch for Sally. For her, that's what I mean. Where I was, and like this woman is giving a great performance yeah, right so here. She's so good. Where she's just like, you know, she's looking at him and she, you know, she's basically trying to uh, find some closure, I guess. I mean, I can't it's speak absolute, to this level of trauma. It's but... fully looking for closure. This is, she spent years, decades trying 50 to. years. Yeah, trying to find this man who destroyed her fucking life. And the thing that you want the most as a victim is for you to have acknowledgement that you know that what you did fucked me up yeah and the fact that she can't get that from this person is really hard yeah and it made me think of you know actual real life victims of whatever they might have suffered through and if they ever get the it makes me think of like golden state killer totally and the women who actually got the opportunity to to his face be like Fuck you. You did this to me. Yeah. And I want you to acknowledge this. And just, it made me think of like, what would you feel after that moment? I I don't think the Golden State, I have no idea. I don't know if he was able to respond, but I hope, I one would hope that a victim would get the feeling of like, it's off my chest. Thank God. Yeah. Yes. Like I could say something, but here, like she doesn't get it. I think it's a mixture of both of like, I've said it. It's often the thing that people say in revenge films and when people get what they finally have gotten to, like, I wanted to do this. And a lot of times people are like, I didn't think, I didn't get what I wanted. Like, mm. you don't ever resolve yeah. the, the pain and the trauma by just being like, hey, fuck you, or like killing them or whatever. Like, you, yeah. you think that you're going to get what you want, but when really it's such inner work that you need to do that you think oh if somebody else does the acknowledging and says what i need them to hear that's going to make me better that's not the case like yeah it's part of it it's definitely i'm sure helpful but it's centuries of trying to figure out yourself and yeah to heal and that's hard this was a good scene this made me I agree this made me feel things right here made me feel things yeah so let's get back to murder and blood and guts everybody <laughs> <laughs> okay so outside it has, it has stopped raining and back in the car Lila says I was supposed to die that day you know with about the school shootings and she says yeah. so death followed me here and I love this part I mean no Final disrespect to what happened to, to Right, right. I love this part. No disrespect to what, like, Lila's trauma. Very real trauma. That is real and tough and scary. But Mel is about to, like, give us, you know, like, a consoling, like, hey, it's okay. I won't let anything happen to you. And then fucking bam. Leatherface is like, not in my movie. I don't need your fucking cheesy shit. I loved, and it scared the shit out of me. Oh, totally. perfectly timed because you think you're going to get, like, I'm never going to let anything happen to you. Fuck you. Bam. Yeah. So here comes Leatherface. He chainsaws through the, the, the window. And he begins to pull at Lila. He begins to drag Lila out of the window, and Mel's like, "Holy shit, no!" She's pulling her back in. He's about to saw off ah! Lila's leg when, boom, we get a huge shotgun blast. Sally shoots Leatherface, and he, this old bitch comes walking oh toward God. him. She is laughing maniacally, I and loved I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. And now she's like, she's taking ownership of this now. She's like, remember me now? I'm the one that got away, and I'm here to make sure you don't. So Leatherface runs off, 
So Sally, at this point, she throws her keys into the car at the girls, and she's like, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Thank you, Sally. And then Sally hears the chainsaw revving in the distance. I was like, how did he get down the other side so fast? This dude is, this Leatherface is fast still. for Teleportation, dude. (laughs) However old he he is, he's fast still. Yeah. So Sally follows the sound, and she finds that the the sawing sound is coming from a dark alley. Pocket of terror. And meanwhile, Mel has gotten into the driver's seat, and she started the truck. Back at the dark alley, we hear footsteps, and here comes Leatherface running out of the dark alley at Sally. Alley at Sally. <laughs> Sally <laughs> shoots him. She hits the chainsaw. It does absolutely nothing. nothing. So uh. they're like clinging clanging like basically sword fight with chainsaw and shotgun sally's about to shoot him again when lather when leatherface grabs the barrel stopping her she pulls out a knife stabs him in the gut but then fuck he shoves the chainsaw into her gut he lifts her into the air and is just like running that chainsaw in her guts her oh and her her face. The look on her face here will haunt my nightmares. I I mean, it's she's just like blank faced. Yeah, looking down at him as yeah. she's like wobbling, getting oh, sawed through. Dude. It is awful, and I'm just gonna say right now, didn't love the quick disposal of Sally. I agree. I'm not. I wasn't feeling. I agree because he fucking chucks her into a pile of garbage like she is garbage just yeah throws her off his chainsaw like a rag doll yeah damn i was i literally wrote like the disrespect right here i agree kidding me not my sally come on now not my sally (laughs) but here comes mel and lila with the truck they're about to ram into him, and he f- just like lobs that chainsaw at them. So they swerve you- out of the way. Ra- out of the way, <laughs> he like he even like he bangs is- on the window. <laughs> yeah, as they're he driving by. Is a big. This movie is fan of. Let me chuck these tools at people. Yes, he loves <laughs> to toss this leather face. Yes, mallet, chainsaw, whatever you got. I'm gonna throw it Mjol- at your face. Mjolnir. <laughs> oh my god. Seriously, though, uh, filmmakers of the world, Leatherface versus Thor, Come on, millions dude. of dollars. You're going to make millions of the box Gajillions office. Gajillions of it. <laughs> okay, so Mel and Lila swerve out of the way of this fucking flying chainsaw, and they <laughs> crash into the hot cowboy's auto repair shop. We quickly see that Sally is still alive. Mm-hmm. We're back in the wreckage of the truck in the shop. Mel and Lila come too, and Mel has uh, like a metal, a thin metal pole stuck Into in her leg. leg, so she can't move. So Mel says, "Look, he's gonna kill me right now," which I don't know why. But when <laughs> characters say this, like I'm going to be killed or I'm being killed, it really it uh, it disturbs me because she's like, like accepting that it. death yeah. is here. Yeah, Mel is like, "I'm about to be brutally murdered." Right? Ooh, I hate that. <laughs> So she says to Lila, he's going to kill me. You need to run. You're the strongest person I know. You never needed me. You can do this. Just fucking run. Mm. So Lila runs off. Leatherface comes into the ch- into the shop. He finds Mel in the wreckage. And so she looks at him and she says, I'm sorry for what I did to your mom. And he gives us a classic Michael Myers head tilt. Just like mm-hmm. looking at her like, what is this? What is this silly thing saying to me? And it's like, before I chop into her. <laughs> He turns on his chainsaw. He's about to saw into her when 
Okay, we hear, hey, hey Leatherfuck. Leather <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And uh, we see it's Lila. She's there with the hot cowboy's gun. She aims, she shoots, but of course it doesn't Nothing. go off. Hello. Remember, he took it out to show her the gun. Yeah. Girl. So Lila runs off and Leatherface chases her and he is so, so close. close to her. So close. It gives I hated you it. Oh, it's so creepy. You're just like, oh fuck, move. Agita. It gives you original vibes from yeah. when Sally was running endlessly through the night and he gets so close so to her. So close. So Lila falls to the ground. Leatherface is about to saw into her when boom, he's shot in the back. It's fucking Sally. Sally. Ugh. She shoots him again, so so Leatherface runs off into an old school movie theater, the Sagebrush, and we hear Mel screaming for Lila for for help. Yeah. So Lila begins to run back to the auto shop to to help Mel, and she's just like, "Thanks, to <laughs> Sally." I was like, "Really, girl, really, bitch? She just saved your life." And Sally says, "Don't run. If you run, he'll never stop haunting you." Well delivered. Very poignant. So as she's saying this, Sally loads her shotgun. She tosses it to her side for Lila. Mel continues to scream for help. She's screaming, screaming, but Lila makes the decision right now. She's like, nope. She picks up that shotgun and she walks into the Sagebrush movie theater. Loved the music here. Like it's yeah. the music is good in this movie. Very, I very agree. well done. So inside the theater, it's old, it's decrepit, it's fucking falling apart. There's plastic sheets everywhere hanging up. And in the middle a of- pool. Yeah. <laughs> in the middle of the lobby, I assume, there's like a huge sure. hole in the floor and it's filled with water. So I just wrote the lobby pool, basically. I It gave me El Espinazo del Diablo. Oh my God. Totally. Verdad? Yes, dude. Especially with what's coming soon in a, in a brief moment, I was like- this is puro espinazo diablo vibes. Puta, absolutely. This is a really cool set here. I Very agree. Very cool. Yeah. Well lit, beautiful set. And then, ooh, we hear a little chainsaw <laughs> rev somewhere. So Lila follows the sound and then, ooh, a louder chainsaw rev. And now the saw is on. You hear it like somewhere in the distance. Yeah. So she follows the sound and she sees behind a sheet of plastic a dark figure. But she gets closer and sees that it's a werewolf poster. By the way, werewolves werewolf of the Alamo. Werewolf of the Alamo. <laughs> two. <laughs> Part two. And at its feet, at the feet of at the foot of the poster is the chainsaw. Running. And then, holy shit, Leatherface pulls a I know what you did last summer or a black Christmas, whichever you prefer. He nice. busts through the plastic and um, he, he right next to Lila and they both go diving into the lobby into pool. The pool. Leatherface drags her under. We hear her scream and then we just get a shot of the chainsaw. It's still running. It stops. We hear there's just silence. And then, boom, Lila pops out of the water. Thank goodness she's able to crawl out of this lobby pond pool. Tuck your legs in, girl. Girl, move faster, move. Stand up and get out. Run. Or put um, your knees into your chest. So she's like, she's crawling, crawling out of this lobby pond, and she hears Mel calling out for her outside. And then, Leatherface. Dolphin. Dolphined. He I dolphins wrote, he out of that fucking dolphin, pool. Or he is like a breaching whale or a great yeah. white shark. Like literally just like full Woo! body just pop, <laughs> popping out of this lobby pond. 
Just dolphins out of there. <laughs> the fucking flipper. He lands on Lila, grabbing her. Lila's desperately crawling toward the shotgun, but she's dragged back by Leatherface. He goes for his chainsaw. Lila gets up, and she's hobbling toward the shotgun. But Leatherface again... Just Loves fully to truck thing. tosses that chainsaw at her. It slashes her leg. So again, she hits the floor. She's still out of reach of the shotgun. She again starts to crawl up to it. But then Leatherface appears right in front of her. He kicks the gun out of the way. Ugh. And then the sound muffles. And we get a close up on Lila's face as we see Leatherface kind of like prowling around her with the chainsaw. And I saw in her face defeat like she has Mm. accepted death and she seems almost peaceful yeah you know like relieved we then see the saw like coming in for the kill pero nada nothing happens so lila turns around and she sees that mel is fully on leather faces back and they're fighting she is choke holding his ass this little teeny five foot two tall girl on this like seven foot man and she is Fighting. She's holding on for dear fucking life. Bucking Bronco. Again, we get a close-up of Lila on the floor, and it quickly intercuts with an image of her face again from that school shooting. She sees the shotgun in front of her. Meanwhile, Leatherface and Mel are still struggling, and Leatherface again tosses this, tosses Mel like Like a rag doll. Oh, my God. (laughs) He lifts the saw over his head in what must be an homage to Texas Chainsaw 2. It How can it must. not? Come on. <laughs> He's coming for Mel. When Lila steps in the way, she shoots the saw out of Leatherface's hands. She shoots him again, and he's teetering over the edge of the lobby pond. And then fucking Mel steps in the way. She's got the chainsaw. It's running. She rushes him. She uppercuts him with the saw, and he comes crashing down into the water behind him. And she sinks below the surface as Mel and Lila watch with their weapons in hand. And I thought, ladies. Girls. He's not dead. You're telling me. Are you a man nuts? that has been shot I, I and throughout this film uh, with a shotgun, I'm going to say four to five times in vital places, and you're going to clip him on the chin, give him a butt chin, and you think that you've defeated him? Absolutely. You didn't saw through him. You <laughs> uppercutted him, gave him a nice a John Travolta, if you will, and yes. that he took a dive. He's flipper. He dove back into that pool and was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. Ugh, okay, anyway. Come on, guys. So and he sinks. they uh-huh. decide to hug in front oh, of this pool. Right I'm like, here. This is not Ladies. a time to hug. No. This uh, is not the time. I did I did appreciate, though, that, you know, when they're, like, crying and hugging, <laughs> Mel ask Lila, asks Lila, are you okay? And Lila goes, no. <laughs> that was very funny. I like that. that. Was I was like, of funny. course, no. Of course not fucking okay. not. Okay, we're back outside. It's daytime now. The sun has come out. Lila finds Sally's picture of all her dead friends on the street and Sally's hat. So she picks up the picture. She puts on the hat. And I thought right here, do not, don't you dare leave this town without Sally's body. That woman saved your life. Yes. That is Sally motherfucking Hardesty. The disrespect. How dare you all le- let her in a pile of garbage, of too. trash. She yeah. saved you. Okay. Okay. So they get into their fancy car, and they program it on autopilot, and they open the sunroof, which I said out loud, are you nuts? Guys, guys. Are you nuts? 
the car starts to autopilot drive away when Lila's like, you know what? I will move here with you. And Mel is all, ha ha, fuck off. And then crash. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> Leatherface bursts through the passenger side window. He pulls Mel out into the street. And Lila then just pops through the sunroof. She's screaming as the car is just autopiloting her away. And she watches... <laughs> As Leatherface Bro. chainsaws Mel's head off Bro. and raises it into the air triumphantly. Lila is just screaming and screaming as she's being driven away on this fucking fancy ass car. Leatherface does a brief, like, wild original ending of original Texas Chainsaw ending. Massacre. I love just that. Yeah. Dancing in the streets. Shake that fucking chainsaw, <laughs> baby. Dancing in the streets, swing it around. But this time he's also got a head With trophy. A head. Lovely. And theme. <laughs> that is the end of our movie. However, mm. stick around, everybody, because we do get a very, very quick post credit scene. Thank you for alerting me to this, Eileen Clark. <laughs> You're welcome. We see Leatherface walking up to his old home from the original. You see that swing in front of the house where Pam was swinging. You see the old mailba- mailbox. You see the creepy-ass porch. Fin de la película. Man, woo! I wasn't expecting a decapitation at the end there. I knew, I knew we were gonna get a final boop, a final scare somehow. Yeah, because I was like, "You're seriously telling me that killed that fucking guy?" I don't think no, so. Of course not. But I wasn't expecting, and like it, that moment was very quick. Like he smash, grab, head, slash, slice. Yeah. Off. Fast. I didn't yeah. think I didn't think Mel was gonna die. I really didn't. And I'm always one for like, no, I, I don't like everybody to die at the end, you know, especially sure. if you've like worked so hard to survive. But I'm not yeah. gonna lie, I was kinda like, Okay, I didn't I didn't hate that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't like, hate it at all. Yeah, I, was I was like, like All right. Yeah, chop that bitch's head off. <laughs> chop, chop her head off. It's fine. We're cool. All right, let's get into some trivia here. Yes. Okay, so I, because Netflix hooked us up with an early viewing, we also got to see, there was like a, a talk, like a press conference mm-hmm. on an app called Clubhouse. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. That I joined. <laughs> um, that we, Johnny and I both felt very fancy and we were like, oh my God, we got invited to a press conference and it turns out it was actually available for literally anybody and their moms. <laughs> Were you there, uh, listener? Because <laughs> it might, was for You might everybody. have been there. I was there. We saw each other. We were all there together. <laughs> so um, in this press conference, I found out some fun stuff, so I'll give you some cool deets. They really wanted to keep the the whole vibe that many of these Texas Chainsaw Massacre films have, which is outsiders coming in and mm. getting what their comeuppance for coming into our space. Big city into little town kind of sure. uh, difference of, of views. Um, but they wanted to use, they wanted to flip it around, hence the, not flip it around, but give it another vibe, hence the gentrifier part of it. Like sure. push that even harder. Yeah. Apparently this story is kind of influenced by something that happened to Fele or happened in Uruguay while Fele was there where apparently there was a restaurant that was very very popular in Montevideo and they decided to open a branch in a small town that was kind of like dead Mm -hmm. and that movement of this restaurant brought in a lot of people which kind of had mixed messages from the people living in the town where they were like 
we didn't ask for this. Like, you guys are all here now. And so it was like a back and forth. And that's what inspired this storyline that we got. Interesting. Yeah. David Blue Garcia says that he wanted the vibe visually to be start off very large broad open spaces these beautiful farmlands these sunflower fields and then little by little we get smaller and more enclosed Mm. so we go like fields house bus and in the bus is this modern day that we have we have neon lights we have cell phones we're bringing Leatherface into the new time that we're in and yet still he he don't give a fuck annihilates make him making him timeless even in this day and age (laughs) sure he'll still fucking fuck you up (laughs) felix says he doubts that this will be the last time we see leatherface great from this final scene that seem or the post-credit scene that seems very obvious hello and he also said i want you to be scared shitless but still have a good time Okay, good good call. Succeeded. Yeah. Very quickly, I just wanted to talk about Bad Hombre Productions, mm-hmm. which is the company that Fede Alvarez created with Good Universe, which is another production company that started in 2012. Good Universe was started by Joe Drake and Nathan Kahane, and they you know, worked with Fede to start Bad Hombre. This is from Deadline, Deadline.com, and the title of the article is Bad Hombre, Good Universe, and Fede Alvarez Create New Production Company, written by Anita Bush. <laughs> Anita Bush, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> It says here, Alvarez will lead Bad Hombre creatively and has hired longtime collaborator Rosa West as an executive to help build the slate of genre films. Some of the movies that Bad Hombre has already produced and some that are on the way are Don't Breathe 2, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 16 States, which is a new film that's about to come out, which is mm. a pandemic, this time with zombies, with a story of a, mo- of a mother trying to reach her family at the, s- at the center of it. Wow. The project has been described as having shades of the Will Smith zombie movie, I Am Legend. Okay. We have an untitled Jason Eisner techno thriller project, plot TBA. And we also have an untitled Fede Alvarez White House project described as The Shining set in the White House. Plot also TBA. Wow, okay. Cool. From David Blue Garcia's website, davidbluegarcia.com. David is an Emmy Award winning director slash DP based in Austin, Texas. In 2020, he was chosen by Legendary Pictures to direct The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a direct sequel to the original 1974 slasher classic, which is scheduled to release on Netflix. Tejano from 2018 uh, was acquired by HBO and released on its television and digital platforms in 2020. And that's um, his like first independent work that he did. He attended film school at University of Texas and he cut his teeth as a DP in the independent film scene there in Austin where he lensed six feature films and has shot and directed everything from national TV spots to hundreds of product and branded content commercials in over a dozen countries on five continents. Wow. In 2015, David pursued a project that would both draw on his personal experience and showcase the rich Latinx culture of South Texas. 
Inspired by Texas filmmaking legend Robert Rodriguez, he returned to his hometown with a crew of eight to direct his debut feature film, Tejano, an action thriller about a young Texan's desperate deal with a drug cartel. Shot for $58,000, David personally storyboarded every action and suspense sequence in the film in order to make his tight 23-day shoot schedule. Whoa, that's tough. And that's the end of my trivia. Love learning about these people. Love that you got to give me some of that fun stuff from the the fancy press conference that everybody in the world was invited to. <laughs> that everyone because, attended. Because I couldn't make it. So I'm so glad that you got that. Okay, here is my trivia. Let's talk briefly about Fede Alvarez just a little bit more. So Federico Alvarez was born February 9th, 1978. Uh, Pisces? February oh, 9th is uh, Aquarius. 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 He is a Uruguayan Aquarian filmmaker. <laughs> he is known for directing Evil Dead, as well as his short film Ataque de Pánico 2009. So this little Ataque de Pánico sounds really interesting. So he was born in Montevideo, Uruguay, and in 2009, he released his short film Ataque de Pánico on YouTube. Before pre- premiering online, the film screened on Halloween of, tw- of 2009 at the Buenos Aires Rojo Sangre Film Festival and literally it says here a few weeks later because of the success of this fucking short film that he released on YouTube he made a deal with Ghost House Pictures to direct a 30 to 40 million sci-fi film However, his first project with Ghost House ended up being the dire- being directing and co-writing the Evil Dead remake. Can you imagine? That's crazy, dude. Which That's crazy. makes me feel like at some point we should probably watch and cover Ataque de Pánico, even though Absolutely. it's a short film. Because we got like, Oh, we loved your YouTube short film. How about you direct the Evil Dead reboot? Yeah, that's Nuts. crazy. So in the Wikipedia thing, it also says that Alvarez later revealed that during a period, I believe when he was doing Don't Breathe, he was approached by Marvel Studios to I direct saw this. An, an unspecified movie, but he declined feeling he would have little creative control over it. So I was like, I need to look this up. Apparently, it was <gasps> Doctor Strange. Oh, shit. No way. Which Sam Raimi is fucking directing. Oh, wow. Wait, well, no. at least the one that's coming out now. It was the, He bu- was meant to direct the first one. The, the first one. Uh, the just first Doctor one. Strange. Which is interesting how these Marvel movies, I believe they have used quite a few directors known for horror yeah. to well, direct the films. The director of Doctor Strange is like the first one is a horror film director. Yes, he did something sinister. Yes, he did sinister. I might be wrong. No, I think you're right. Okay, or let's or, Google it very. Funny. Yeah, I think the sinister director did a Marvel movie. I can't remember which one it was. Let me very quickly, Scott Derrickson. Yeah. Sinister, he did Doctor Strange. See, I, I love that. Just like, uh, I mean, it makes sense. You want these fucking exciting, like good looking thing. It, make, it just makes sense. Okay, so I did find this quote from Fede about this Marvel thing. So he says uh-huh. here, you know, apparently it was Doctor Strange. And he says here, a lot of those movies are cool and audiences are going and watching them, clearly, because they make fucking tons of money. But he says, it's just as a director, it's harder to have your vision in those if you go and do a Marvel movie. At some point, we were in conversations and they had already figured it out. They figured out the style. They figured out the way they shoot them. They figured out the colors, the humor. So he says, what would I do? I enjoy a lot more freedom than that. I don't know. Eventually I might. And it depends on the characters and the story 
stories, but just something about my job as a director that I really enjoy is creating my own thing. It's trying to do my own style when I shoot it and set the tone myself. Yeah. And just a little extra thing here. I believe Fede plays the viola, which is no really way, surprising dude. to me because my man, man is a violist. That's literally, you know, his bread and butter. But it says for the Don't Breathe soundtrack that he is the viola soloist. <laughs> I tried to look up more, but I couldn't find anything else. So, Amazing. Fede, if you listen to this episode, play us a viola solo. Also, um, come and duet with Matthew. Come and duet with my man. Yeah, I would love it. <laughs> All right, let's talk briefly about Rolo Sayagüez. This is from Wikipedia. Rolo Sayagüez is a Uruguayan screen, screenwriter, producer, lyricist, actor, and director, best known for his work as writer on the Fede Alvarez-directed films Evil Dead, don't Breathe, and he actually, Rolo, actually directed Don't Breathe 2. Oh, dope. Mm-hmm. Great, so that's just a little bit about Rolo. Nice job. Okay, this is random. Mm-hmm. The sheriff in this movie, the one uh-huh. who gets he shot looks in the very throat. familiar. I was like, who, who is this man? Oh, God, who is he? And then I placed it. Uh-huh. Okay. He I don't know if, I don't know if you remember Aliens. Of course. We watched all the Aliens. Okay, so he plays uh, his name is William Hope, by the way. I, he's uh he's an actor. I believe he's a Canadian actor. Mm-hmm. He played Lieutenant Gorman in Aliens. He's kind of um not a liked character in the movie. He's kind of like uptight asshole kind of. Sure. Pero Remember Vasquez? Yes, 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 yes. Vasquez, yes. not played by by a Latina, but still Which love is a this freaking. Yeah. It's a bummer, she's but great. I fuck. She's so good. So there's a moment where you know shit's hitting the fan, and they're all in like the vents of the this like mm-hmm. space station, whatever. Yeah. And he's the one who like he and Vasquez are all huddled up, and he pulls out a little like a futuristic grenade, if you will. Uh huh. And she's like. You're always an asshole Gorman or something like that. And they die together in this vent, killing themselves, but also yes. killing a bunch of aliens, which helps yes. you know, the others at least save some time. So that's okay. who he played. And I was Whoa. like, I was like, I see that face. It was the nose. I was like, I know that motherfucking nose. Also, something I found from his Wikipedia is that this is hilarious. This is crazy. He has an uncredited cameo, according oh to God. Wikipedia, as Dana's boyfriend in the car in Poltergeist, 1982, original Poltergeist. And I believe, remember at the end of Poltergeist? Yeah. The house is literally like Coming being in swallowed. Yeah. Yeah. And Dana arrives from a date and she, she gets out of the car and she's like, what's happening? She's just like freaking out. <laughs> I yeah. think that must be him in the car, I guess. Oh or maybe there was I another point. That. That's that's where I'm placing it. Anyway, I just thought that was fun. That is very cool. And also, I'm looking at pictures of him as Gorman, and yes. You see. I totally see it now. You got it. Yeah, yeah. You're la- you land right in Aliens. You're like, oh, yeah. this fucking guy. Yeah, for sure. So, okay, let's keep going. I know that you spoke about John Larroquette. We we already mentioned that he was he did the, the, the intro at the top, which was lovely. Um, but I did find an article from Variety.com talking about Larroquette coming back, you know, like fucking 50 years later. But in this article, Garcia also says, the director says, I can't wait for fans to analyze the film and find all of the callbacks, some of which aren't even intentional. And he adds, I will say that we shot with one of the original 
working Pulan, P-O-U-L-A-N, I don't know how you say that, Pulan chainsaws from the original film. Okay, it's funny that you say that because when I was watching it with Jeff, he was like, I wonder if that's the OG chainsaw. It's but the thing is, it, it looked like yellowish green. The like yeah. I don't know, fucking chainsaws, but handle? like the handle part, which yeah. I didn't, I couldn't place that from the original. I don't remember that either. I think that might be a, be it's the. It's so covered in fucking one. blood. How are we supposed to know I if it's know. yellow or not? You do get that like <laughs> one close up shot of it, but I was like, I I I didn't place it unfortunately. But apparently, this is the original one. And David cool. Lou Garcia continues, on set every morning, I would walk by the prop cart, touch it meaning touch, touch the chainsaw, and get its blessing for the day. I wanted some of its 70s magic, which I thought I was love great. that. I just really want to briefly talk about, I don't know how to pronounce this woman's la- name. She's oh. Irish. The woman who played Sally, Olwen Fuere. I'm sorry. Sorry. It, the Irish so, way of spelling things is so hard to pronounce. There are accents everywhere. I apologize. So she's an actress. She's a writer, director in theater, film, and visual arts. She was born in 1953 on the west coast of Ireland. So first of all, in 2020, she was listed at number 22 on the Irish Times. That's Scottish. Of the of Ireland's greatest film actors. Okay. <laughs> I'm terrible. But it said here, as a freelance actress, Fuere works internationally in English and French with numerous appearances at the Abbey Theatre, the Gate Theatre in Ireland, the Royal National Theatre in England, the Bouffe du Nord in Paris, the Brooklyn Academy of Music in New York. Fucking bam. Hey, we've been there. We sure have. Sydney Theatre Company in Australia and Shakespeare Theatre Company in Washington, D.C. Hello. I want to go see you in a show, so this, this lady works. I love that. And it seems she does a lot of theater, so love that she well, got cast as Sally Hardesty in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I was looking through IMDb, and her and La Senora, the mom, mm-hmm. uh, what's his name's mom, uh, Virginia, they were yes. both in a film together, <gasps> which I w- called, okay, please hold. Oh. So Olwen Fuer and Alice... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Olwen. And Alice Krieg. Mm-hmm. Krieg? Krieg? K-R-I-G-E. Krieg. Oh, Krieg. No idea. They both starred in a movie called She Will, <gasps> and it looks horrifying. It looks like a scary movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. It talks about the story of Veronica Ghent, who after a double mastectomy goes to, oh, <laughs> never mind. Oh, oh. oh <laughs> the boy. Poster, the poster looks like a terrifying doll on a thing. Oh. I don't know, but... I mean, these two actresses, Olwen They were Fuere so good. And... ¿Cómo se llama? Alice Krieg? Alice Krieg? 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 These two mujeres fucking nailed it. Beasts. They are These are like actresses. Yes. Give them their dues. Give them all the totally. nominations. Um yes. Okay, and last very very quickly i had a question i was like these you know like psycho texas chainsaw fucking silence of the lambs are all based on at least um inspired by the murders of ed gein gein i never know how to pronounce that name gein gein and so i was like why did ed gein wear people so i looked up a wikipedia thing crazy <laughs> yes absolutely that Apparently his mom was like incredibly religious and was like, women are the devil, all that stuff. So throughout his life, he was, you know, he was, that's, that will fuck you up. Mm -hmm. But I did find a quote of his where it says here, soon after his mother's death, Gein began to create a woman suit, which is 
just full nightmare fuel, so that, quote, he could become his mother, to literally crawl into her skin, unquote. Yep. And that is my trivia for today. He also made a belt out of nipples. Okay, let's ask some questions. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, Listen, don't get me started on talking on serial killers. I know. You know I'll get in Because we could go. All right. Did he make a lamp? Yes, he did. But that's okay. Let's ask (laughs) some questions. Jonathan, were you scared? Yes, absolutely. 100%. Were you? Absolutely. I jumped. I screamed. Scared all the way. Yes. Uh, What was your best scare? Bright pocket of terror in the sheriff's truck in the dead sunflower field when he pops up right by the sheriff. I jumped. A foot to the air, my head is bruised, full best scare. What was yours? So, special shout out for the pocket of the Brit, the Brit, the lit pocket of terror, because that whole sequence was very spooky. But for me, I just loved, loved, loved the shot of him emerging from Mm. these dead sunflowers with his fresh new face. It made my skin crawl. Yeah. And I was like, it's the most ominous feeling to just have this horrible monster appear from a field of death. It's so, it looked so cool and creepy to me. And I mean, that was Fantastic. When Harlow's sunflower blooms, winter, winter is, doomed. is doomed. But also, so I is mean, everybody else in town, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Uh, who was your favorite character? Sally. It's got to be Sally. How about you? Mine was Sally, but also shout out to La Mama Virginia Ginny mm-hmm. La Senora, because I thought she was great, too. She was. What was your best line? I have two. Mm-hmm. First, I have... Wish I had known y'all were coming. I'd have put my face on the creepy mama, because come on. Mm -hmm. But also Sally's line in the end, don't run. If you run, he'll never stop haunting you, which just says a lot about trauma right there. What about you? Mine were precisely those two lines. I mean, they're great. (laughs) They're the epitome of this film. I'd have put my face on. Hello. And also, if you run, he'll keep haunting you. It's one- one Boiled makes you down. be like, oh, shit, yes, a fucking Texas Chainsaw. And the other is like, oof, oh, damn. Oh, fuck. This has been a feels, long you know? time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what was your best death? That broken in half arm in the oof. back of the sheriff's truck just being shoved into the deputy's throat repeatedly. Oh, my God. What a first kill. Damn. What about you? Mine was the bus sequence. It was literally a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Literally. <laughs> Quite literally. You asked for it? And here it is. This is it? Yeah. We're going to give it to you. Give it to me. It get a yes. little bit of everything. That flash of the mom's face, too, like just to keep him going. Mm. Man, totally. Mm-hmm. Did you learn anything from this film? <laughs> no. No, I don't think so. Did you? Uh, I learned that a sea of uh, dead sunflowers is a beautiful sight. Yeah, but that's it's about still it. beautiful. Yeah. And how many ooies do you give this film? I'm going to give this film three ooies. It gave me what I asked for in a Texas Chainsaw movie. I loved the, the brutality of the kills. You, they, they went for it, mm-hmm. and they gave it to us. 
what I'll knock it for is that I was disappointed by the Sally storyline. Mm-hmm. I wanted more of that. I really didn't want her to die. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, like I was just like, you did away with my girl way too easy. And I just didn't feel like she deserved that. Mm-hmm. I will say, too, that I found the school shooting thing. I didn't know how to feel about it being being presented in here. But in the end, I, I do respect that they gave us a lot of takes here where, you know, Lila is dealing with her trauma. And the in the end, she is able to, you know, pick up that gun and, you know, get back in there, which I don't know. It makes me feel weird. But also yeah. she did. She did, like, come back strong. I really liked, though, the fact that the Mel character is like, you can't do anything without me mm-hmm. because she's just trying to protect her because she's worried about her. She's just being a, being a big sister. But in the end, it's that fear because her her younger sister was in such almost died. Yeah, that's why she's so protective of her. And I found I found I found that really interesting. Also, the moment where Lila is like, I'm supposed to do something big with my life now because I was in a school shooting. Yeah, that's that's weird. Yeah, a lot of these kids who have actually suffered through this, like it's like they become these public figures, and it's just like, damn, can't we just martyrs and putting them in places that yeah is not necessary. So that whole thing kind of made me it made me feel things um but still i had a great time with this movie i loved the gore i was scared leatherface was fucking awesome a solid three what about you mine was also three i enjoyed myself i there were some like weird lines that i was like i think this could have been connected a little bit smoothly including Mm. this school shooting situation and like i watched this movie three times and not until the third time did i fully understand like the town and the bank and the deed like i was like i feel like i need a a degree in real estate to be able to understand this sure. and so that's kind that kind of took me i didn't really that didn't click as clearly as i would have liked in my first viewing sure but listen if your leather face isn't gonna be good and murdery you're not gonna get a good texas chainsaw and this leather face he did the job he came in strong sally did get done dirty but yeah that's a bummer but I think we have a solid Texas chainsaw on our hands. Yeah. Agreed. And uh, it's nice to see him back in the lexicon. And I think, um, welcome back, buddy. You and your chainsaw were sorely missed. You really were. And what a time to be alive. I mean, Michael Myers, <laughs> Ghostface, uh, fucking Chucky, Leatherface is back. I'm still desperately waiting for for Freddy to come back. Maybe some Jason in there. But like, what a time to be alive. Yes. And also, all of our friends. Worth mentioning. This movie is like an hour and 20 minutes. So she is oh, yeah. fast, a mean, fast baby. you're just, you're in it. So yeah. I pre- appreciate totally. that as well. I definitely appreciate that. Well, I think well, it's time for us to hop on our bus and get the fuck out of Harlow, dude. <laughs> Gotta fix that tire first and yes. wipe away all this blood. <laughs> And legs Just, and shoulders uh, and oh my eyes God. and fucking Get rid teeth. of all the body parts that are on top of you and get the flip out of there. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for being with us on this very special episode of Week Horror. We appreciate you being here with us. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're at. Follow our redes sociales at Horror on Instagram and Twitter. Send us an email at wikiorror at gmail.com. Thank you to Sonoro for always letting us do this goofy stuff. Uh, you can follow them at Sonoro Podcast 
on Instagram and Twitter. And we just wanted to say again, thank you so much to Netflix for reaching out to us. We feel so special and so fancy, and we will definitely be here anytime you want us to cover another Latinx horror movie. Yes. 100%. We are here. We are here here. for you, Netflix, (laughs) anything you'd want. And listen, (laughs) when you finally dig out your chainsaw from your mom's wall, make sure to oil it up and uh, find those... (laughs) <laughs> Make test it out by chucking it into the air a few times. Just throw it into the atmosphere, and you know what? When the gentrifuckers come into your town, you get them good, buddy. <laughs> You'll be ready for them, Johnny. You're the only one I want to share my chainsaw with. I fucking love Same. you, dude. I fucking love you too. And we'll see you guys in la próxima semana. Adios. Adios. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.